blessings is prosperity this is honor and glory in the name of jesus the father i i pray that you would break open the bread of life for your people here today lord want to hear from heaven so that we will be healed in every way physically mentally um financially we want to be healed and so we thank you father for what you're doing in our lives we thank you father because you know we know that you are a good god and you give good gifts to your children and we give you all the honor and glory in jesus name amen and praise god hallelujah well you know god is with us and then you know how you know god is with you is because he's always correcting sending a voice of correction He's always letting us know what we need to do. What kind of God or what kind of parent would we be if we held certain expectations over our children but didn't tell them what to do? Or didn't tell them if they're doing right or wrong or, you know, if they're messing up. You know, God needs to let us know, and he does because he's a good father. Amen. And so uh, I was just meditating last week, and he was showing me about unbelief and i've been there trust me and god is so good he always tells us what we're doing wrong and how to fix what's wrong so that we can move on into victory amen so what causes unbelief we need to know what causes it so we can get rid of it amen now why do god want us to get rid of unbelief because he has, and this is what he said, I have given you the measure of faith. So if you have unbelief, it's going to stop your faith from working. And he says, I've already given you the necks of your enemy. I've given you victory. I've given you the authority. I've given you the, the uh, uh, um, power to bind and to loose. I've done all these things for you. So I want you to use the power that I've given you. But if something is causing that power not to work, me being a good father, amen, I must tell you what you're doing wrong, how to stay afloat. So God says, I have given you the measure of faith. But unbelief works against your faith. So God wants that to be cleared up so that you can use your faith effectively. So that you can be victorious in everything that you do. So we need to get rid of unbelief because we've been given by God the gift of faith. It's a gift and we've given, been given the measure of faith. So there's no such thing as we can't get it done or we can't believe hard enough and it's hard and it is. But it's, it's very doable because God has given us all the tools that we need to get victory. Amen. So we have enough faith to please God. You know, the Bible says without faith it's impossible to please him. Well, he's given us the measure and that, that measure pleases him. Isn't that wonderful? See, sometimes you can just sit and meditate and think about this thing and say, you know, God has set me up for victory. Amen. He set me up for victory because he's given us the measure that pleases him. It's a free gift. He's just, just trying to teach us how to exercise it. Amen. So that when the devil come blowing at your door and knocking at your door like the, you know, the three little pigs and I'm a huff and puff. He's just a big bag of wind. Yeah names and titles 
have power, but not more power than what we have. Amen. You know, there is no title or no name bigger than Jesus, stronger than Jesus. Amen. So we have to see if your faith is working. Your faith will always prove you right. Your faith is here so that the devil won't get the ups on you. Even if it's, you feel like it's a little bit of faith, it's enough because we've been given a measure. I think that's what God wants us to know. I've given you the measure so you have enough to please me because without faith it's impossible to please him. So if I have given you a free, the free gift of faith and I have given you the measure, then it's enough to please me and it's enough to get victory. I have not set you up for failure. That was prophetic for all y'all that caught it. <laughs> I have given you the measure. I have given you enough for your victory. Amen. So all we need to do is stay in tune with what God is doing. Amen. So we have enough faith to please God. We have enough faith to believe for the impossible. Because what's impossible with man is possible with God. So he has given you the measure of faith to bring the impossible into reality. He's, it's already done. He knew how much faith we would need. That's why he gave us the measure. Amen. Faith and unbelief can reside at the same time. I know y'all know that. <laughs> One day you're in faith, the next day you don't know. Amen. So it can exist or it can reside at the same time. But faith is the stronger force. So the faith that's inside of you is stronger than the fear that's inside of you. Amen. Now, if we live by feelings, the devil will make you think that the fear is stronger because there ain't nothing happening. Well, how do you know? See, it ain't what it looks like. It ain't what it looked like. Because after this, we're going to put our faith into action and see some results. Hallelujah. So it ain't what it looked like. Hallelujah. But faith is the stronger force because faith is a gift of God. It's a, it's a component of him and of heaven. So it is the stronger force. And the measure that we have been given is enough to move mountains. Because it says if you have faith as a mustard seed, that's the measure. Then you can say to this thing, be thou removed and be cast into the sea. So... We have been given the measure of faith that's strong enough to move a mountain. But do you, are you going to feel like that? No. You're not going to feel like that. Why? Because here's this stinking devil here trying to, he, he's always standing at the throne of God, putting you down. See, she ain't going to do this. She ain't. She's going to quit. She's going to do it. He's running down your a rap sheet that's false. It ain't real. Amen. God doesn't believe him. But he's going to prove. He's, he's saying to himself, she'll prove you wrong. Amen. Because God is with the believer. He's with the person that has faith in this situation. Look, God is not against somebody ever if they're using their faith. 
he's with the believer. He's with the person that has faith, that's standing, believing for the impossible. For what looks impossible with man is possible with God. So all you have to do is stay on the right side of God. Amen. And even though you're going to feel like something is not right or you're going to feel see faith is not a feeling faith is what you know faith is a knowing it's not a feeling it's a knowing deep on the inside of you so you know how this thing is going to pan out so it doesn't matter what the doctors tell you because they're just mere man mere man looking under a microscope god can fix all of that stuff amen i've seen him do it hallelujah he's told people it it ain't it ain't in you it's on you it's on the outside of you but it's not on the inside of you and you have to hold fast to those things that because god helps you all the time so yeah but i feel it that's okay faith ain't a feeling we just said you don't go by how you feel you go by what you know yeah and it's a fight is it a yes it's a fight but it's a one, it's a fixed fight. I'll put it like that because we get the victory. Amen. In the end. So faith is a stronger force than the fear and then unbelief. It's, faith is a stronger force. Amen. And the measure that we've been given is enough to move a mountain because we have the faith of Jesus. You got the same faith that Jesus had. Amen. Jesus didn't lose any. He has not lost a fight yet. Well, you know, I've had somebody tell me he couldn't save himself. He he <laughs> he volunteered. Amen. Nothing caught him by surprise. Unbelief short circuits our faith and causes us to give up and quit or fall back in self-pity. Amen. Doubt causes unbelief. Another, there's another doubt. Doubt causes unbelief. Making a distinction based on what you see versus what you know. It's called doubt. Because if you are in faith, it doesn't matter what you see or what you've been told. You know what God said. And God says you are healed. You were healed. Amen. God says I'm going to take care of you. That I'll never leave you nor forsake you. That your bills are paid. Well, why, why are my lights off? Because you have to get down on your knees and trust God and prophesy to the wind that they won't. Hey, pray before they come and cut them off. Amen. I mean, my I don't remember what that was. What was that that got cut off? I didn't even know it. My phone. I didn't know and I could care less. Did I have a cell phone at the time? I don't think we had any cell phone. I wasn't thinking about that phone. Somebody called me, noticed it was cut off, and they paid it. And when they told me, I said, well, that was your problem. It wasn't mine. <laughs> I mean, I appreciate it, but that just wasn't my deal. I'm in the house worshiping and praising God. That's why you pay my bill. See, some things God has already worked. He's worked out. Not some, He's worked it all out already. That wasn't my problem. Amen. That was whoever called. Because I bet you he said the first one call and see that that's good. That's, they go pay that bill. And I thanked him. I appreciated it. 
but they didn't know how to tell me well uh you know something was going on what <laughs> you know, i don't know that and that was their situation god laid it on them to do that because it needed to be paid i didn't have the money amen so in other words god has all your problems fixed just like that some things take longer because you're fighting a, a heavier battle because you have to do warfare to get anything done in this especially with the world being as bad as it is you know we're living in the second timothy or first timothy days wherever it is you know and i wish people would quit saying that well you know we live in well what what do you what are you going to do amen god knew these days were coming and he's already fixed uh, or made a way for us to survive these days amen so number one doubt causes unbelief amen doubt is making a distinction based on what you see versus what you know or verse uh, making a distinction based on what you're told amen the epileptic was healed by jesus after the disciples could not do it why because they were they were moving by what they saw this boy was foaming at the mouth and they said oh that's a mean dick demon we can't we can't do nothing with that one so the disciples were were moved by what they saw and not by what their leader jesus told them they were capable of doing amen hallelujah let's go to matthew 17 we'll read that right quick but god has given us all the measure of faith which resides within us and and through committed people who accurately understand their authority you got to accurately understand your authority you have to accurately understand who you are in christ amen so those who use their faith accurately understand their power they accurately understand who they are in him they accurately understand how to use that power amen hallelujah they don't listen to the devil you may get warned out but you won't get beat beaten but not dead or whatever whatever paul said amen you may go through some stuff but you got the victory hallelujah so let's see uh, matthew 17 verse 14 is and when they had come to the multitude a man came to him kneeling down to him and saying lord have mercy on my son for he is an epileptic and suffers severely for he often falls into the fire and often into the water in other words these demons jerk him around and throw him around because they're trying to kill him so i bought him to your disciples but they could not cure him they could not ever been there where you looked at something and thought you couldn't handle it and jesus rebuked the demon oh i'm sorry i jumped over 17. then jesus answered and said oh faithless and perverse generation how long shall i be with you how long shall i bear with you bring him here to me bring him unto me so in other words uh, jesus is telling the disciples look i'm not here to stay soon i'm gonna go and sit at the right hand of the father you gotta learn to do this yourself amen 
And part of learning to do it yourself is to be bold and, and have faith. Amen. So he's saying, faithless and perverse generation. How long will I bear with you? Bring them to me. Amen. In other words, don't trust in your thinking. That causes unbelief. Trusting in your thinking. Verse 18, and Jesus rebuked the demon and it came out of him. And the child was cured from that very hour. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, why could we not cast it out? Verse 20, so Jesus said unto them, because of your unbelief. So what caused their unbelief? Hmm. No faith. What caused the no faith? Looking at a situation, thinking it was too hard. Thinking you'll never get victory because it's too big. So when you think that way, you're telling God, this is too big for you. And that's what they thought. Well, they thought it was too big for them because they walk with Jesus. So you got to do this because we can't do it. It's too big. Amen. Because So 20 again, because of your unbelief, for surely I say to you, if you have the face of a mustard seed, he's telling them now, look, you had enough faith to cast that thing out. Because if you have the faith of a mustard seed, that's the measure, that little bit that I gave everybody, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. Amen. But what do you do? You have to believe it. Amen. Plant your faith as a seed and then release it. Release your faith when you come into a situation. When something is in front of you, plant your faith as a seed and then release it. Well, what does that mean? Release your faith. Whatever situation you're in, release your faith. Know that your faith is good enough. See, I think if we could get that one thing, because there were years where I thought my situation is too big. I'll never get to victory. It's too big. But see, I didn't understand that God had given me the measure, and it was enough to take care of that job. But when you start looking in the natural at what's in front of you, what's before you, it looks too big. And so don't ask me where that logic went or that understanding. It just blew out of my brain. But I was believing that because it was such a big mountain that it could not come down. But God had given me the measure. He, he had given me already what I needed to bring this thing down. Amen. Hallelujah. He's given us the measure. The measure is, is enough. If we would understand the measures enough, I got what I need to keep every situation that comes before me at bay. I got what I need. I got it. Amen. And see, we don't know what we have because the devil, the heathen rages at us and he imagines a vain thing because he everything that the heathen does or the devil does is a vain thing in other words he rages like a lion but he's got no teeth but he's gonna rage at us and make us think he's got well why can't we do that we can 
Amen. But see, we're we're too intellectual. Know too much about the word. Know about it, but don't exercise it. Just be like a new child. Uh, 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 no, just like that young man that his father was dead, and he no, um, he wouldn't accept it. That's what goes in the, into the mind of somebody who has this childlike faith. You don't have to be special. Just be in faith and, and just love God and have confidence in him enough. Say, well, God, I thought you said you could do anything. And he told his father, get up. He says, it's too soon for you to die. You're not supposed to be dying. And the father heard him. So he got up. But see, it took faith for him to disrespect what those doctors had said when they pronounced his father dead, it took faith to disrespect that and say, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> receiving that because my father is too young to be gone. We need him. And he spoke to him and told him that it was not time for him to die. It was too soon. And he started breathing again. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, that didn't go over well, but it's, it happened. Amen. It's true. And I'm sure that boy didn't know much about the word. He just thought God could do anything. And he was right. And the father didn't remember nothing. Yeah, he didn't remember anything. He said, I don't remember dying. I don't remember none of this stuff. I don't remember not breathing. Hallelujah. (laughs) Praise God. You want people like that around you. Amen. Matthew 10. Hallelujah. Uh, Verse 1. It says, And when he had called his twelve disciples to him, he gave them power over unclean spirits. Are y'all here? To cast them out and to heal all kinds of sicknesses and all kinds of diseases. Amen. That word disciple means to learn. That's what that word means, to learn or to put forth effort. So a disciple is a learner, one who follows the teaching and the teacher. You don't usurp the teacher's authority, but receive what they say. You receive them and, and the word. So he called and gave his 12 disciples power over unclean spirits to cast them out. Notice that was in chapter 10. But in chapter 17, they couldn't cast it out. What's up with that? Amen. He says he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sicknesses and diseases. And then now we know disciples are learners. Amen who put forth, they put forth thought and effort. Thought and effort, but that day they didn't. Amen. In fact, remember on the boat, they didn't do it that day. (laughs) Amen. They didn't do it no day, but they walked with God. Are y'all here? Amen. And they had Jesus right with them, with of them. 
but they never did. They never used their faith. You know why? Because they felt like they didn't have to because they were lazy, used to having him there. Amen. We're going to make him do it. See, they didn't want to use their faith. They had it. They had the measure, and they had been given authority, but they didn't do it because they were lazy. But they could have. They just didn't. So in other words, God has given us everything that we need. It's up to you to use it. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's see. So the disciples should have been able to cast out that boy's epileptic demon. But unbelief stopped them because they looked at what they saw. Foaming at the mouth. Mm-hmm. Don't allow your sight to rule. Amen. Keep your ears attended or attentive to the word. Be careful what you hear. Don't believe everything you see. Because the roaring lion has no teeth. If he has no teeth, he can't bite you. All he can do is scare you. Amen. So they looked at what they saw. And they allowed their sight to rule instead of their faith. Don't be like them. Be like them after Jesus died. Then they got busy. (laughs) Because they had to. Hint, hint. We have to. Let's go to 2 Corinthians 5. We can do it. God, uh, Jesus gave us that same dominion that he gave them. Amen. Second Corinthians 5. Okay. Verse 7. It says, For we walk by faith and not by sight. We don't walk by what we see. We walk by what we know. The boy, the boy foamed at the mouth. So what you see can destroy your faith. So unbelief comes because of what we look at. I wouldn't have been looking at him, number one, because I don't like looking at that kind of stuff. Amen. Our focus is wrong because we allow our minds to wander and have split concentration. Split concentration is called double-mindedness. Split concentration. Split. Double-mindedness is another reason why we we don't believe. Unbelief is called by double-mindedness. Or split concentration. You believe one thing one day, then you get by yourself, and you start thinking about all of this stuff. And it overwhelms you, and you write back feeling like you can't. Mm -hmm. Because our focus is wrong. We allow our minds to wander and have split concentration. You got to keep your mind together. How do you do that? Feed it, feed the word, feed it the word. When you start thinking and all these idle thoughts, and, and you can feel it, you can feel when. The devil is getting the ups on you because that fear moves in. Whenever you get like that, get in your word. Amen. Get in your word, right? Don't do it tonight. Do it then. 
and and train. See, we have to train our thinking. Train your thinking to not think that way. The Bible tells us what to think and how to think. We don't do it. We think about everything else. But you have to train your thinking so that you won't, your concentration is together and not divided. It's like, no, wait a minute now. We believe for healing. Or we believe for reconciliation. We, you, know, you can listen to the wrong person. Somebody, and the devil is sending them people to you. Don't think he won't. He'll even use your own sweet little family members. Because the devil thinks you won't get suspicious of them. Because after all, they love you. They do. But all of them are not on the same faith level as you are. Amen. Mm-hmm. So you got to love them but watch them. <laughs> love them but watch them. And yeah, they love us, but we need the right kind of love, and some of them aren't able to give us that. And thank God for the few that's there. Amen. If you don't have but one, thank God for that one. Amen. Hallelujah. We have to train our thoughts not to enter into doubt and unbelief. Well, it seems impossible. Mm -mm, You can do it. You can do it. James 1. Did we ever read 2 Corinthians? 5, yeah, 5, 7, without faith. Okay, let's go to James 1. Sorry to jump you because we're going to leave and come back to James. (sighs) Hallelujah. And I'm missing it somewhere. James, where you at? Okay, James 1, verse 8. And it says here, in James 1, 8, it says, uh, let's go to 7. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all of his ways. Amen. Hallelujah. So, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Why? Because he has split concentration. So, we need to hear what God is saying to not be double-minded. Let's go to Romans 10. Romans 10, 17. Romans 10, 17. Hallelujah. It says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Oh, is that all? Uh Uh-huh. That's all it's about. It's about. To stop from being drawn in two directions with split concentration. Hear the word of God. Turn your, don't turn your hearing off. Turn it on. Like here this is again. Let me tell you something. Religion will cause you to fail. You know what religion says? I know that scripture already. Oh, I, that, oh, I, know, I was just reading that last night. I know that already. Mm-hmm. Religion. 
because it already knows everything. That's why a rank stranger can pull off a healing or a financial blessing more than people. Because they, and they could do I'm telling you, when I came out of the traditional church, I knew two or three scriptures and I worked them. Kept my family straight. Kept my finances. I just believe what God said about giving. Giving it shall be given unto you. That's all I knew. And they worked at, the, I knew Malachi 3.10. I didn't like that scripture because they beat you over the head with it in the traditional church. So I didn't use that. But I like giving it shall be given. So I was given and I expected it and it came. Husband got raised. Everything looked like it shifted to the higher when I started giving because I believed in that scripture. So I know you can work a few scriptures if that's all you know now the word is everywhere it's on tv it wasn't on tv back in the day you know it was you know just a a, a lot of rel- more religion on tv but it doesn't go by how much you know of the word of god it goes by who you know and who you who you think you are that's what's gonna get this this who do you think you are what do you know about that? Do you know you have victory already? Do you know the answer at the end of the tunnel is victorious? Amen. Do you know how to be abound or abased or being content? You know how to be abound. You know how to be abased, whatever situation, because you know how to be content. Why? Because the word of God has settled you. Amen. That's the kind of stuff you need to know. And it don't come from head knowledge. It comes from being it. Amen. Walking in it. Being it. Not how much you know. It's not about that. It's not about because religion and the more you know, you reason. But it's always a but. See, I I always had those buts. And I didn't know that was called reasoning. I always had the buts. But there's no buts. I learned now there's no buts. It just is. <laughs> God is. <laughs> Amen. It just is. There's no buts. So faith comes from by hearing the word of God. You must be a hearer. And then when you hear, you have to act on what you heard. So in other words, a hearer and a doer. So faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So how do I, you get things to manifest in your life? Be a doer. So you hear and then you do the doing of what you heard. In other words, you don't just sit on and collect all this wisdom and, and talk a good game like you hear so many people. Them people don't know what they're talking about. They just know some scripture, and they like to manipulate people's minds by how much they know. But is it in here? See, it's up here. But the up here stuff don't get the devil. He's scared of what you know. Because all he got to do is tell you it ain't going to work, and you don't know that. And you will say, I thought it worked. See, but it's, it's what you know in here. He can't steal nothing out of your spirit. And see, once you, you know this stuff in your mind, and your mind gets changed because it becomes renewed. 
So a hearer has a renewed mind because it renews your mind daily. And then you do the doing of it. You don't just sit there and say, I'm waiting on this. I'm waiting on God. Now God waiting on you to do the doing of what you know. <laughs> do the doing of what you've heard. Well, what's the doing of it? Casting out somebody's devil. Practice on your dog. I did. Laid hands on my kids that got the baptism. Scared my husband. Scared him out of there. Now, when we go somewhere, don't say nothing to people about that. Because you know. They don't know. And I'm like, I said, okay, devil. That's what I'm saying to myself. Okay, devil. Don't try to shut me down. You know, they're they not ready for that. I didn't know at first, but I got hip to that one. I said, oh, okay. He don't want me to witness to nobody. Because he knows it's coming his, his way. <laughs> yeah, you got you to know this stuff. God will show you. He's always showing us. We miss stuff. I missed a lot. He showed me. and I, I was asking God of a couple years ago, why didn't you show me this before? He said, I showed you. You wasn't listening. And that was true. And I'm like, how did I miss that? We miss stuff. That's why God is who he is. So we need to hear the word of God and speak the word of God so that our thinking can change. Do you know you can talk to your crazy mind? I did it many years. You can talk to your nutty brain. See, once you hear the word and it's in here, you start speaking it, your mind has to hear, has to listen. So you can stop doing stuff that you do and stop thinking the way you do. That's how you get healed. See, ain't nobody going to tell the truth about it. But you can heal your own self and save the money from the psychiatrist. He, don't, he can't help you. Why do you think they put so many people on medication? Because they can't help them. Just the truth. It can't help them. But, but with the word, the word can deliver you and make you think right. Amen. The re, that's what the renewal of a mind is. It's, it's, I used to think crazy. Now I don't no more. I'm telling, that's the renewal of your mind. Amen. Well, it's not put like that. In the word. Well, that's the way I put it. That's what happened to me. I was almost crazy because of one situation. And I got in that word and started meditating on it and it straightened out my crazy mind. End of story. And I started realizing who I was and I didn't have to take certain things. And I could rise above any situation. Amen. So unbelief comes because we believe what we see and we don't speak to our we don't speak what we know don't keep it bottled up say it amen let the redeemed of the lord say so your thinking can change because of what you hear the hearing of the word it causes a renewal of the mind Mark 5. Hallelujah. 
Mark 5. Uh, let's see, verse 22. It says, And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue called Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet and begged him earnestly, saying, My little daughter lies at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her, that she may be healed, and she will live. So Jesus went with him and a great multitude followed him and thronged him amen hallelujah and then what happened then here come a certain woman with the issue here she come and what did jesus do he dealt with her and i'm sure jairus is saying look my daughter she's about to die you, you know, I was talking to you first. I'm first. And he said, wait a minute, I'm going to deal with this lady. Why did he do that? Because her faith got his attention. See, Jairus already thought the daughter was going to die. He was you know, scared. And that's okay. These things are going to scare you. But this is, this is what I got out of that. God does not ignore your faith. He don't care who you are or what you've done. Your faith will flag him down. That's why he stopped. He stopped because her faith flagged him down. Amen. And she's struggling because look at what she did. She has spent all her money. So she ain't been what you call faithful, as our religion would try to tell us. I can't get a healing because I ain't been faithful. Well, she wasn't either. But her faith got his attention. Amen. He stopped in his tracks, and he looked and he said, wait a minute. And, and the Bible says, she said within herself, I spent all my money. I don't have no job. I ain't got nothing else. There's a famine going on or whatever was going on. And she said, I got to get this healing from this man. I heard so much about him. He has got to stop for me. Amen. She was, in other words, she was at the point of desperation. Amen. Her desperation, which caused her faith, got his attention. And he said, wait a minute. And she, she was strong and pushing, if I can just touch him. That's her faith. If I can just touch his him. And he couldn't even get to her. She got to him, and when she touched him, he said, who touched me? Because he realized that some of his virtue or his power flowed out of him. And nothing can cause the power to flow out except faith. Amen. So she went and got what she needed because the doctors had done all they could. And when she spent up all her money, they was done with her. That's called mere man. Amen. We love them and we need them, but it comes a time when you, you must have the real thing. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. And she had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. 
And when she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. Amen. See, let me, let me tell you how she knew to do that. Because she heard what the Spirit told her. See, she, she heard. Faith comes by hearing. She heard. The Spirit of God says, get to that man. You got to get. See, God will tell you where to go to get what you need. He always will. Whether it's a place, a ministry, or whatever. He will tell you. The Holy Spirit will draw you. She was drawn to that place because she heard the man of God was coming. And something on the end says, she said within herself, I need to get there because if I could get to him, I know I will get victory. So it all came from the Holy Ghost. It was not a, a, a natural wisdom, natural thing. It was all a within thing. So something said, get to that man of God. And so she, it says in 27, when she heard about Jesus, she heard what the Spirit was saying. You got to be there. Get there. Go, go and get there. She got, came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made whole. Now, the Holy Spirit told her that. He said, if you could just touch him. And that's why she pushed to get there. Amen. If you could just touch him. And it says in 29, immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction amen and jesus immediately knowing in himself that power or virtue or the bomb had gone out of him turned around in the crowd and said who touched my clothes but his disciples said to him you see the multitude thronging it is like they saying everybody touched your clothes <laughs> everybody touched you amen who touched my clothes? 32. And he looked around to see her who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, see, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. You notice he called her a daughter because she belonged to him. Because we are the sons of God, sons or daughter of God. He knew who she was and she knew who he was because she heard by the spirit where she was supposed to be. Now, faith is above the law. Faith doesn't follow rules. Isn't that wonderful? If you got faith, you notice this is why I'm saying this. Because she thronged and pushed her way through to the man of God. She didn't wait in line. She pushed. She was pushing. Because faith is above the law. Faith does not follow rules. Faith overrules everything. Amen. Hallelujah. That's why God noticed her. Because faith overrules everything. Because it has the right. Faith doesn't have to take a number and wait in line. Amen. 
and i'm sure there were people there looking at her that was mad well get your faith and break the rules (laughs) you know what i'm saying you don't have to stand in line amen well we're talking about this situation amen every situation is different but the more you know the more you are prepared to fight the enemy and get your victory sometimes it takes a while and sometimes it's instantaneously don't forget this lady had been sick 12 years amen hallelujah but when she said within herself my money is gone that's really she was saying that too. she said i got to get to him because that man of god is coming to town and i need a miracle so she did what she had to do and faith breaks the rules it breaks the law it's the only thing that can break the law and be okay amen other than love love breaks the law too amen and faith worketh by love no love no faith so love and faith breaks the rules amen and if you got them you'll get what you need and it don't have to be no big time it's that little mustard seed see this is how the devil lie to people and i used to be a victim of it for many years he'll tell you it ain't enough well god said i gave you the measure and he said it was it was measured to a mustard seed but it ain't big enough it's big enough because god that's what god gave you if you need more he'd have given you more he gave you what you needed to pull this thing off it's that little teeny bit that mustard seed that's all you need he gave you enough but see he he will tell people well i guess and this is another thing if it takes a while well i guess your faith wasn't big enough it wasn't good enough and see them fight those are fighting words with me oh yes it is you know hallelujah hallelujah okay so where are we at 22 okay and so we did a certain woman 32 so let's see knowing what happened yeah okay 34 and he said to her daughter your faith has made you okay 35 while he was still speaking some some came from the ruler of the synagogues house and said your daughter is dead so here comes the devil amen why because the devil wanted jairus or jarius whatever his name is to be angry at god when you're angry at god you can't get a miracle through you see what he did he let that woman come up here and now your daughter's dead so there was the naysayers those mourners professional mourners that lo- you ever seen these people love to go to all the funerals gotta go to a funeral they take off work and go to a funeral and barely know the person that's what they do because they're there to do whatever because they own hire and it ain't by god either and so they're there to control the atmosphere and they're not going to bring the atmosphere into faith either man there was this woman we were praying for her and she had some type of cancer in her face and she was healed and then her family started calling her from alabama no offense on alabama miss pat 
And I told her, don't talk to them. Remember that? I said, don't talk to them. Well, they're my family. I said, I know they are. You look, they came up. Why would they come all the way up? They came up the barrier. Go see her while it's before it's too late. When you, you get them situations, don't let nobody come and see you. No, you ain't coming to see me. I don't want to see you. She was healed because she started doing things she couldn't do before. Remember that? Bought new clothes, started hanging out with us, going on the trips. But her family came because they want to see her one last time. And they were shocked when she came. She had a boyfriend, you know. Well, she had him already. They were engaged, remember? And they came up here, when they, and then they fussed and argued with her to dissolve her, her apartment or whatever. She had a house. And go back to Alabama with them so they could take care of her. Was she walking around, got her a boyfriend? She's doing good. Why? Why? She listened to them because they, they ganged up on her. It was about, about five of them, four of them. They ganged up on her. And see, watch it when this crazy stuff start making sense to you. Well, no. You got God. You don't need nobody else. Well, she went home with them. And how long did she stay? A couple months and come running back, back in the same situation she was before. Because they, they sucked her dry of her faith with that carnal religious reasoning and telling her what she ought to do when she was already doing good. So she listened to them, realized she was getting worse and came back. But she never could get that momentum back. And she croaked. How long did it take her? About three or four months? She was out of here. Was that your friend or hers? One of y'all. Right, you. And it wasn't long, but she got her victory, got her healing, and then here they come. See, the devil always going to use somebody you, you don't think. You know, gonna, gonna, you know. But all, God will always send you someone that you can depend on. Amen. You make the choice. And she was out of here. Don't tell me they don't have to see. The, that's what these people were. Did we read that part? The professional mourners? That's them that come to help you. They're not here to help you. Well, but that's my family. They love me, but they don't know nothing. They can't help you. You can help them, but they can't help you. Amen. Hallelujah. Where is those professional mourners? Where does it say that? Um, 35, while he was still speaking, some, oh yeah, that's where I was. Some came from the ruler of the synagogues. When you see synagogue, you know that's the church. Came from the ruler of the synagogue's house and said, your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher? In other words, don't go to him no more. Don't bother Jesus. She dead. Mm-hmm. Verse 36, as soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, do not be afraid, only believe. Now, don't tell me, don't tell me that that ain't what's going on. They're not trying. He said to only believe. 
because he knew they was trying to suck her face, his face. She dead. That's a faith snatcher. Amen. And that's why they do it. See, let me tell you, I, I, I have to be honest and clean this up. They don't know what they're doing. But it's devil motivated because it's motivated from fear, fear and insecurity. So let me just make it easy for you. I had to learn this. If somebody is saying anybody saying something contrary to what you are believing, leave them alone. It's only temporary. It's only temporary. When you get your healing or whatever you need, your reconciliation, then you can talk back with them. But for now, leave them alone. If they're not saying what the Word of God says, that by Jesus' stripes you are healed, amen, leave them alone. And it'll start with a but and an if, leave them alone. Because they're cautious. They're too cautious. They're scared for you. And they're cautious. You don't need caution. God has given you the green light to use your faith however you want to use it to get what you need. Amen. Watch it because he will use anybody. So as soon as Jesus heard in 36, the word was spoken. So when Jesus heard that, he said, "Uh uh-uh, don't seize. He said, don't be seized with alarm. This is what he was telling him. Don't do it. He says, uh, only believe, don't be afraid. Amen. Don't fear, have faith. And he permitted no one to follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brothers of James. It, it's 37. And he permitted no one. Are y'all hearing? That means nobody. He permitted no one. This is Jesus. He shut it down. He permitted no one to follow him. In other words, he didn't want any unbelief in the room. Then he came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue and saw a tumult and those who wept and wailed loudly. The morning. Now these were these were the people that sent the mother to to say she's dead. You know the fam, my fam, my peeps. And he permitted no. But what did he do? Threw them out. Probably threw them out. You, we throwing you out too. <laughs> Thirty-eight. Then he came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue and saw the tumult. And those who wept and wailed. And when he, when he came in, he said to them, Why make this commotion and weep? The child is not dead, but sleeping. And they ridiculed him. Now let me tell you, you see that? They ridiculed truth. Because it's like this. Look, we came for a funeral. You can't stop this. Don't do this to that poor man. See what I'm saying? And they believe that because they don't have the capacity to have faith. They don't have it. The child is not dead but sleeping. And they ridiculed him in verse 40. But when he had put them all outside, (laughs) he took the father and the mother of the child and those who were with him. 
Those who have those of like faith. That being Peter, James, and John. And the mother and the father. And everybody else had to go. I'm telling you, I'm not trying to be mean. I'm telling you what's going to help you. Amen. Hallelujah. The child is not dead, but sleeping. And he put them all outside. He took the father and mother of the child and those who were with him and entered where the child was laying and, or lying. Then he took the child by the hand and said to her, Talitha Kumi, which is translated, little girl, I say to you, arise. And immediately the girl arose and walked, for she was 12 years old of age, and they were overcome with great amazement. But he commanded them strictly, strictly, that no one should know it, and said that something should be given to her to eat. She's hungry. Amen. Now, what was he saying? Why, why did he tell them, don't say nothing? Because he didn't want them listening to negativity, trying to explain what happened. Just don't cross them off your friends list. Well, why? She's healed. Because they'll be like that lady. What was her name? Miss Finney. They'll be like her. The healing goes sour with them people that's negative. So he said, don't, in other words, he said, don't talk to them no more. Because they, they, they will suck you dry, and before you know it, she'll be back in a coma. Leave them alone. Amen. So he said, don't talk to them. Amen. Because they don't speak your language, that's why. When they get what you got, then you can put their name back on the list. But until then, mm-mm, what they going to do for you? Nothing. They can't. They want to. I believe they want to, especially your family. They want to, but they don't have the goods. That's why God has you. That's why he chose you to help them. You him for, you're here for them. That's why the devil want to wipe you out so he can take all them to, where, to wherever. Amen. But it, God's not going to let it happen. But the devil's going to try. Amen. You, you got the authority up in here. Yeah, although you got the symptoms, you got the authority. You got the power. See, that's the thing you got to tell the devil. I may be in this situation. Like Paul, he says, down but not out. What's that other one, Chuck? Beaten but not dead, stricken or whatever. He, he was always getting attacked. But the little bit of, of, of knowledge and wisdom that's on the inside of him can take an army. Amen. One can put a thousand to flight. Two can put ten thousand to flight. So I can, I can fight for four thousand people because I got that kind of power. Even though I'm bitten, even though, I, even though I'm on medication, even though whatever it is. Yeah, that's, that's why he, they're, he, they're attacking me. But I got the goods. <laughs> that don't mean you're weak because you're being attacked. See, who gets attacked? People on the front row. 
of the front lines. Front line of the family, front line of the ministry, front line. You get attacked, but you don't you don't get slayed. Amen. You're not slayed. Why? Because God is not going to set you up for failure. Honey, this is a setup for victory. Amen. You got to believe that. See, all it is is knowing who you are. It took me 20 years, but I know who I am. Amen. Hallelujah. Marked for victory. You are marked for victory. You can't be nice to everybody when you're marked for victory. Because, see, you can do things they can't do. Hallelujah. You can do things they can't do. Why? Because you've been called. Many are called, few are chosen. With their call, they ain't called to do what you're doing. Amen. Just, just telling you like it is. This is not a, a nice Sunday morning worship teaching. Tap, tap the basket, and I make you feel good. No, this teaching's gonna make you, you get. <laughs> I know I need to do something more. Buck up. Don't be afraid. God is with you. You got the goods. They don't. And don't consider. Consider not. Consider not. Well, I'm on this medication and it's got me. Consider not. You still, you're the person that God has chosen to do this great work. Amen. God knows all this stuff. Consider not. Like Abraham considered not his hundred years. He probably could complain about everything. I can't walk, my joints, my my hip, my this, my that. And I'm sure he felt all of that. But he considered not his age or the or the 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 deadness of Sarah's womb. Consider not, consider not, consider not. Amen. Are you a consider not? Consider not your situation. You can still do it limping. You can still take authority. And see, let me tell you how the devil does. He'll use that to make you shut up and sit down like you're weak. And you, you, no, it ain't like that. He'd have sent somebody else in there on the front line if they could have handled it. They can't do it. Can't do it. They can't do it. You can do it half, half operating. You can do it better than some of these people, a gang of them. They, they don't have the it factor. You do. You got the it factor. Hate to tell you. I mean, I'm not trying to put anybody down. I'm just telling you like a T.I. is. Amen. You got the it factor, and that's why God called you. You're here to help them. They ain't here to help you. You're here to help them. So that's all God. Jesus is always going to throw them kind out. Because what do they do? They stifle the atmosphere. See, you can't get a miracle with them in the room. Ain't going to happen. Why? Because they stifle the atmosphere with flesh. Is their hearts right? Probably so. But God ain't doing heart surgery right now. He's trying to get a healing performed. Amen. People have good intentions, but that ain't, that's not what God is doing right now. Amen. 
And so he, he threw them out. Threw them out. Amen. Jesus knowing the virtue. Amen. He knew his virtue had gone out of him. So he delayed his mission with this little girl because the virtue came out. He never ignores faith. He will never ignore your faith. Never. Well, I don't have a lot. Do you, are you using the measure? Don't forget the little mustard. Did you use that much? Yeah, I used more than that. Well, he ain't going to ignore you. Amen. Well, it didn't move yet. It's, it's moving. See, be careful what you see. Be careful what you look at. It's moving. It's working. You got to know that. It is working. It's working for you. It's working. How do you know? Because of the word of God. It's working for you. You just got to know this stuff. And God will give you time to get it. He'll give you time to get it. Amen. He'll minister to you. He'll, he'll put people there that you can depend on. He knows what he's doing. Amen. But you've got to be wise. Not in your own eyes, but wise enough to know when the Spirit is telling you what to do and what not to do. Amen. Because God ain't going to ignore your faith. He just not. Look, that man didn't have faith. I just thought about this. Because he, he went to get the man of God. Oh, my daughter. He had faith. He had a tiny bit enough to get to him. See, that's all you need is a little bit to get to where you're supposed to be. He had enough faith to get to the man of God. little bit. That's all he needed. Amen. That's all he needed. Hallelujah. I believe God is just doing, he behold, he's doing a new thing. All this religion and stuff, we don't need that stuff. Amen. But that, but that woman with the issue had great faith after going to them doctors for 12 years. He, she, he, she had great faith. Amen. Why did she have great faith? Because she had persistence and boldness. She had persistence and boldness to crawl. That was persistence. And that's great faith. Amen. And faith is above the law. Don't forget that. God's not going to wait. In other words, he don't wait up to the Sabbath to do healing. If your faith is now, now faith, you get your healing whenever you can muster it. Whenever you can crawl. He don't, he don't wait on, on, well, it's Sunday. Let's wait till month. He don't, he don't ignore faith. Whenever you display faith, he's moving on it. Amen. And if it ain't, it ain't strong enough for you to move out on, he'll help you get it there. He will. All the 12 years that lady was on the medication from the doctors and spending her money, God was with her then. Are y'all here? He was with her then because he was preparing her all those years for what was to come. He was preparing her. Amen. See, just because you go that route, and nobody's wrong for doing it. He don't count you out. He just help you prepare. Amen. So great faith is that faith that's bold and persistent in what you believe. 
in what you believe bold and persistent in what you believe in other words you don't let nobody no matter how dear and you know what god is good because he'll thank god for family members that believe the way you believe that's just the icing on the cake i know when he called me to this ministry intercession all i had was tony and i mean he was all over the place still is and i'm like couldn't he have given me somebody else and you know this boy is wild like a buck buck wild but yeah he was what seven to eighteen but you know what he showed me how to appreciate that and although i had to whoop him and beat him and punch him but i had somebody with me that understood my call amen he never leaves you with nobody you all you need is somebody when you get weak to say woman of god get up off that bed get rid of that depression and go and do something for god don't tell me he don't put the right people he puts the right people with you appreciate it i had to say well okay then i think i'm gonna make it (laughs) i'm gonna make it amen praise god hmm Do not be afraid, only believe. We need to get rid of unbelief and trust God. Don't cast away your confidence just because the road has been rugged. Amen. Don't fling it away. Don't throw it away. Don't give up. Don't quit. Stay with God on the inside. Don't even talk to negative people. Throw them out. Because it's not what it looks like. Amen. But we must learn to be single-minded, not double-minded. You know, one week you, you believe it and the next week you, you question in it. Look, them questions are going to come. But when they come, just as quickly as they come, they can leave. Because what's on the inside of you will talk to your mind. It'll talk to your mind and get you back. Because you have a renewed mind. Amen. And if you can't do it yourself, God will send, thank you, he'll send a person. To say, get up off that bed in self-pity and you want to deck them. But they get away from you before you can deck them. But but those words are still with you. And you got to yield to them. Amen. You have to yield to them. Praise God. Let's go back to the book of James. Go back to James. Hallelujah. Let's see, where did I do with him? Let's see, where are we going back there? Yeah, we need to go back there. devil's a liar Mm. okay let's see James 1 again 1 verse let's see 1 verse 2 
me see, James 1, verse 2. Let's go to 2. It says, my brethren, I know we read 7 or something in 8 or whatever, but let's go back up to verse 2. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Amen. That word count means treat it as though. Don't treat it as though it's the worst thing, even though it may be. But treat it as joy when you fall into, that don't mean you fall out laughing about it. But treat it as, look at it as something that's funny. You ever, you ever were so insulted by something, you laughed at it? And somebody, somebody said something to you that was so insulting, you laughed? That's what this is saying. That means treat it as joy. Not that it's joyful, but treat it like somebody insulted you. And you came back and just laughed and said, laugh at the devil. In other words, laugh at the devil. Hallelujah. That's what that's talking about. Okay. And that's why God, because I just have to get this finished. And that's why God is saying, treat it as joy. He's not saying, see, a lot of churches teach people to count it all joy, laugh, because it's funny. It ain't funny when you're facing trials. It ain't funny. It ain't funny and it ain't joyful. But he's saying the the devil has caused an insult to you, so treat it like it's an insult and laugh at it. Laugh at the devil. That's what it's telling you. It says, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. And that's all this is. This thing that has come upon you is a testing of your faith. Will my faith make cave in? God won't let it. Is it going to feel like it's caving? Yes, it certainly will feel that way. But it won't cave in because God won't let it. Amen? Your faith produces the testing of your It's got to be tested. The testing of your faith produces patience. Amen. That word patience means endurance. So God is just teaching. Everybody goes through it. It may not be the same thing as yours. In other words, Kelly Cruz was preaching at the conference. She said, my desperation is different from yours. So it may be different, different situation, but still, it's still a desperation. Y'all hit following me? So my desperation is, is not like yours, but it's the same thing to me because the devil is fighting me he's trying to stop me from using the privileges that god has given me to walk in the newness of life to walk in divine health and he's trying to put a stop to it so your desperation may be different from mine but it's the same thing my faith our faith is being tested amen but let patience have its perfect work So patience is working in you and through you that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. In other words, God is trying to bring us to maturity. Well, he can do it, not have me going through this. Well, the devil attacked. God didn't do it, but he allowed it because he's bringing you out. Amen. And when he brings you out, you will be mature and perfect. Amen. Nothing lacking. Amen. Nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing lack. That's what that it says. And if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask 
of God, who gives to all literally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. Amen. Praise God. So, let's see, did I go to number eight? I got to keep going. It says, but let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. In other words, the wave in the sea obeys the wind. Amen. That's why Jesus rebuked one and spoke to the other, because they're two different things. They come from two different sources. So the wave is the underdog because it obeys the wind. And the wave has to do whatever the wind tell it to do. Amen. Hallelujah. So when you're double-minded, you're like, you're like the wave. In other words, you're not in control. Because you're under somebody else's authority. And you do whatever the wind tells you to do. So if the wind is tumultuous then the wave is going to go crazy because it's not in control. But God wants every believer in control because he's given us dominion. When you have dominion, you're in control. But when you're double-minded, you act like the wave that has to obey the wind. Does that make sense? So you're not in control. Do you know you can be in control and be under attack at the same time? Let's get that straightened out. You can be in control at the same time that you're under attack, but I'm still in control. Thank God that he still, see, that's that dominion. Amen? That's the dominion. That's the authority. Just because you're under attack, that doesn't mean you don't have authority and dominion. It just means you're just under attack. That, I had, that, that was the hardest thing for me to understand. I thought when I was under attack, I was, you know what, if I had gotten on, them, on my tiptoes, I could have walked under that door the way I felt. I felt stripped. I felt helpless. And God had to instill this stuff in me. You are not, because I said, God, why are you doing this to me? I try to do this. You know how you run down your, yeah, your list of good do's and don'ts stuff. I didn't understand it, but it took me some years to understand that you can have dominion and power and authority under attack. And you know how I know this for sure? It's because every person in this, this Bible who went into war were under attack. Amen. Look at Gideon. Fearful, scared. Wanted a lot of people hanging with him. See, insecurity needs a lot of backup. That was his problem. But God said, no, you're going to make all them people go. You're going to do this by yourself. And he, no, nah, I don't want to do that. <laughs> I don't want to do that. I want all of these 320,000 men. And he says, cut them in half. So when he cut them in half, he said, cut them in half again. He went from 320,000. 320,000 to 300 men. That's no kind of army. Well, God was trying to show him something. Although you're under attack, you have dominion and authority. That dominion and that power and that authority has not gone anywhere just because you're under attack. You're not weak. 
It may look, you may feel weak. You may be in the bed, sick. But you have that same dominion, power, and authority. It didn't go anywhere. It didn't go anywhere. Hallelujah. took me the longest to understand that because I felt helpless. But you don't, just don't live by feelings. You may have felt helpless, but you weren't helpless. The just shall live by faith, not how you feel. I felt like I could have walked under that door on my tiptoes. That's how small I felt when I was being attacked by the enemy. But God had to instill on the inside of me, and it took years, which it, could, it was an 11-day trip, could have, but it took 40 years. But I finally understood, amen, that I had authority, dominion, and power. And see, God knows that when you get tired of it, you do something about it, amen. I start working with God. But I didn't know I had that because I was going by how I felt. And God says, uh-uh, no, you, you ain't none of that stuff. And I'm, then I said, well, why you didn't tell me 10 years ago? Because I was telling you, you weren't listening. Too busy feeling. Too busy, you know, too busy being who you think you are and not being who you know you are amen i was being who i thought i was it's just like blind barnabas for 38 years he stayed at the gate waiting on somebody to push him in wasn't nobody gonna kick him in because they were trying to jump in before him they didn't care how long he sat there 38 years and he finally got he got that understanding that I have power and dominion and authority to jump in that pool and I don't need nobody to push me in. What am I waiting for? Because he said if somebody don't put me in there, everybody else going to run and get in there first. I got to be the first one. I need somebody to push me in. That's what he thought because he was living out of his feelings. Amen. He could have been in there a long time ago. But he felt helpless. But he wasn't helpless. Amen. Hallelujah. He was not helpless. The testing of your faith produces endurance. Amen. Praise God. It doesn't make you. See, the testing of your faith is designed to make you fearful. But But a believer, it makes you stronger. It does. It makes you stronger. You know why it makes you stronger? Because God is saying, I want you fully developed so that you can be able to stand. So fully developed means stronger, wholeness, better, faster. I have moved from one place to a a higher place. Amen. So when, after you go through and you become uh, whole, stronger, you understand some things, you help other people. Amen? That's what this is all about. You mean I'm going through this? Yeah, I went through 10 years of hell so I can help somebody, so I can do what I'm doing right now. So I can be a living witness that just because you are under attack doesn't mean you're weak. 
Doesn't mean you're weak. Doesn't mean God doesn't strip his people. Amen. It's all in what you think. Amen. Thinking about your problems all the time makes you incomplete. So what causes unbelief? Worry. What's worry? Thinking about your situation all the time. Sometimes you got to come out of there and meditate. you meditating on the wrong thing. Meditate on the word. Quit looking at other people, too. Forget about these people. Look, everybody has their desperation. Amen. Everybody has their desperation. Amen. So, you know, don't let people bug you. We worry because we fear it's not going to happen. That's why we worry. We worry because we fear it's not going to happen. The Bible tells us in Philippians 4, 8 how to think. Think on things that's good, lovely, pure. Good report. Thankworthy. What's praiseworthy? What's a good report? Think on the good report, not the evil report that the doctor is all and those mourners always trying to tell you what's what it's looking like don't think on that thing that stuff think on the good report what's the good report you are healed in jesus name you are whole you are righteous amen amen with with uh, abraham and sarah you will conceive a child and be the father of many and every time they went to God, he kept telling the same thing over and over. He, he couldn't get rid of that. And see, it's like this. <laughs> that, that was the definitive answer. God wasn't going to give him no other answer. Every time he went back to God, he kept telling them the same thing. And I know they just were sick and tired of that same many of nations, father of many. Look up and look down. God's not going to change his answer. It's the same. Amen. And that's all we need. Okay, I'm going to get finished. What causes unbelief? Amen. Uh, The peace of God passes all understanding, but will keep keep your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. That's in Philippians 4, 6 uh, through 8. The peace of God that passes all understanding. That's what God is trying to move you from helter-skelter to peace. The peace of God. You know helter-skelter is when your mind is all over the place. You've been there. uh. But he's trying to move you from there to peace. People going to think you crazy. I used to tell my husband, why you ain't worried about these bills? And he looked at me and he said, huh? I said, why you ain't worried? See, that's how crazy I was. And he, and he said, I'm not worrying about them bills. He's saying, I ain't going to get no part-time job. I just want to. I did. Well, then you don't care. See, I, and I was going to church every day. He wasn't. He says, I'm not getting a part-time job. He says, if we can't live out of this one paycheck, too bad. He's saying, you ain't getting no job because you got three kids to take care of. I said, what you going to do? Like, he ain't going to work every day. I mean, it must be hard to talk to a crazy lady every day. What you going to do? And he looked at me like, he said, well, I'm working overtime. I'm like, okay. And all I need to do is start practicing what I was dragging my kids to church every Sunday about. Starting to believe it. Amen. And it took a sign on the wall 
with me on the bottom of the, of the list. You know, the religious people play them dirty games. And they're going to tell how much you're putting in the offering. I'm at the bottom of the list. Well, I wasn't at the bare bottom, but I was down with the, the bottom people. And I told God, I said, I don't like being down there. And I didn't know whether that was my flesh, but found out it was coming from in here. I didn't, I, and you know what I told God? We can do better. That was the punch. We can do better. But it took that for me to do better. And when I, I realized that, I told the Lord, I said, I want more money to put in this offering. And so one day my husband just gave me, he said, here, this is for the offering. I'm thinking, you mean my gas tank? <laughs> he said, you better not put it in your tank. Because he would gas up the cars. I'm like, well, it's all empty. Do something. Always got a, something to say. Don't be like that. Stop it. Amen. And, and I, I said, well, I need this in my tank. He said, I'll take care of that. Put it in the offering. Now, he ain't saved, but he's giving me money to put in the offering because I got something, heard something from God, and I told him. And when we start doing that, then I, I was in touch. I was just looking at TV one day, and it was a 700 Club, and, and God said, you need to give to them. And I'm like, I just got five extra dollars for the offering. And so God told me to give. I wrote that check out every month before I made out my bills. And I'm telling you, that's a key. That is a key. I didn't know that scripture that says uh, about the, the, the first, I didn't know nothing about first fruit. But you see how God can talk to a religious lady, crazy lady with three kids and a husband. And he, he said, make it out first before, and I did. And before I knew, we were in another financial category. My husband was making like $20,000 more from overtime. From overtime. And it's true because Pastor Barb saw it. Well, Uncle Weedy saw because Barb helped me with my taxes. And he said, hey, that ain't right. Larry make more money than me from that overtime. That ain't right, you know. Because he had a professional job. But see, God allowed that to happen because of the first fruits. I, and I didn't even really put it all together. All I knew was that I was given to the 700 Club. And then I saw it on the TV where they had come to Cleveland and had, my husband happened. I said, look, 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 we give to them. And he said, we giving to them? And they had brought food, something. I think it was a tornado something. And they were downtown Cleveland giving food. And he looked and he said, Wow. He said, well, can we give more? And I'm thinking, that's, I need to be asking you that. So we moved from 15 a month to 20 a month. And we did it for years. We did it for a, a lot of years. And we went over into a whole nother financial category just from that first $15, giving the first fruit. And having that desire in my heart to want to give more. Because I didn't like being with the, and you know who was at the bottom of the list? The women that didn't have husbands. The women that had a house full of kids with no husbands. And I was with them, just above them. And that wasn't right. And I said, we can do better. I knew we could do better. And we did better. And God elevated us. I'm telling you, he paid off, off on that time and time again. Time and time again. 
And it was nothing to do with the church or what they needed. This was to do with what was on the end, what he was doing on the inside of me and my family. So I know that God, the word works. It works, it works, it works. I don't know if some things take longer than others. You know what, sometimes it ain't time for that. It's not time because God is working through you what he wants. It's so much attached to what we do. Amen. Amen. And so sometimes it's not time, but I'm telling you, God does not get confused. And he has everything on the right time schedule. All you got to do is just flow with him. Flow with him. Stay in the gospel ship. Flow with him. That's all you have to do. People are always getting out the gospel ship. Stay in the gospel ship. Because the devil's always going to tell you something stupid. And it seems real. But that's not for you. Stay in the gospel ship. That's all we need to do. You remember that from years ago? Stay in the gospel ship. It's very simple. Amen. Hallelujah. So listen. Think the best and not the worst. I'm paraphrasing Philippians 4, 6 through 8, where it says, think on things that are good, lovely, pure, and a good report. Think, think the best, not the worst. Think the beautiful, not the ugly. Think the praise, not the curse. And learn to be content whatever the circumstances are. Don't walk around mad. You know, unless you're mad at the devil. Now, you can be mad at him, and you are going to get mad at him, and you're supposed to be mad at him. But fix your mind on the right things. Amen. And we will live untroubled and undisturbed. That peace brings. And sometimes you have to come out of it and say, oh, I forgot. Why am I thinking so good thoughts? I'm in this bad situation. But see, you were in the right frame of mind. Y'all following me? That was the right frame of mind. Because while you were in the frame of mind, you forgot what was wrong. You felt like everything was right. That's where God is trying to get all of us, no matter what the situation is. So Gideon had his 300 men, and he slew the enemy with the 300 men. That's all he needed. And he, God told him, cut them back, cut them back, cut them back. Take those men to the water, to the stream, and depending on how they drank the water, those are the ones that you take, those that watched as well as drank, not the ones that got all involved in drinking in leisure time. So those are the kind of people God wants you to be around, those that watch as well as pray, not just watching, spying, and putting people down, but those that watch and pray. And this is what, this is how Gideon chose his final 300 men. Those that were not um, double-minded, but those that had uh, oneness, a oneness of mind. These men did not forget that they were in a war. They didn't forget that they were soldiers, amen. But they were thirsty, yes. They got a drink, yes. But they weren't weren't on lunch break. Amen. You don't want those kind with you. Let the fearless and the faint-hearted stay home. That's why that's in there. We don't need people that's on a lunch break. Amen. So what causes unbelief? Ignorance causes unbelief. Lack of knowledge and foolishness. Amen. Causes lack of knowledge. Amen. 
but you fix foolishness and ignorance with the truth of the word. God's word is the only one that can, only thing that can stop ignorance. Get rid of wrong teaching, which causes unbelief. Wrong teaching causes unbelief. Amen. All of this grace, crazy grace. Grace is not, grace is not an excuse for repentance. Well, God, get, 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 we're under grace, not, this is what they tell you, that they, the religious. We're under grace. We're not under the law. Don't even know what that means. We're under grace. So to them, that means God has forgiven everything already, no matter what you do or say, you are forgiven, which is partially true. But there's a little thing called repentance. And separation from wrong people. Amen. Do you know it's sinful to be uh, around people who God don't want you around? And you can tell because if you're around them and then you change. You're the weaker force. Go somewhere and sit down and get in your word. Until you become sure-footed. Amen. So you'll know who you are. You know, God, does, he wants you to know who you are, not be influenced by more craziness. People don't even know truth when they see it. How can you not recognize truth? Because your mind has been screwed up by wrong people and wrong doctrine. Opinions. Opinions change how you think. Did y'all know that? Yep, you know it. Traditional thinking causes unbelief. Well, what's traditional thinking? Thinking like the, the, the Baptist told you to think. Well, God is good, but do you know it? Name me one thing that he's done for you that you know. Uh, traditional thinking. They don't know him personally. They know him as a group. Not personally. Amen. Trusting in your senses causes unbelief. Amen. Because when you trust in your senses, you, you live by how you see, think, and feel. Not what you know. Amen. I know that God has not left me. I know he'll never leave me nor forsake me. I know he's given me dominion, power, and authority. I know that I'm not locked into any other system, only God's system. God's system works. All others will fail. I know these things. I live by these things. Amen. You got to live by what you know, not what you think. Well, I think God is coming back soon. All these people on Facebook that's telling you the world is ending and this is God. We haven't come into the wrath of God yet. It's not the wrath of God. This is just a, a result of sin. Sin, birth. Bad stuff. <laughs> but we are the light of the world. And God is sending his light in to make adjustments and to stop the darkness. That's just darkness. Amen. Always talking. Saying stuff that, you know, stuff that sounds good. So stop thinking traditionally. Amen. Because it causes unbelief. Trusting in your senses causes unbelief. The disciples saw the boy foaming at the mouth. 
and couldn't get him healed because they trusted in what they saw. Don't trust how you feel. Don't trust in what the doctors have said. Amen. Don't trust in that. Know that God will come in at the right time to save you. Know that because it's true. Amen. Hallelujah. God, where are you? You said you wouldn't leave me nor forsake me. Where are you at? We must train our senses by prayer and fasting if the Holy Spirit leads you. If the Holy Spirit didn't lead you to fast, you know, I'm going to just tell you something. We used to fast, but it was always fasting with uh, an apostle or a prophet's instructions. If you're just fasting, sometimes the Holy Spirit will lead you to do that. But if he didn't lead you to do it, it's just a, a works, a work of the flesh. Let the Holy Spirit lead you because he knows what you need to do. Amen. So fasting, praying, uh, prayer, fasting if God leads you to do it. And the meditating on the word. That's how you train your senses. Amen. So let me say that again. We must train our senses by prayer, fasting, if God tell you to, and meditating on the word to change your thinking. So how do you, tra- other, how do you train your senses so that you don't believe what you see, go by what they said, or be it led astray from those who think they've heard from God on your behalf. How do you train your senses to not believe what you see? By meditating on the word. Prayer. Fasting if the Lord leads you. And so you take, you get in the position of authority. You take back your life. That's what you do. You do that by meditating on that word. You mean I have to do it all the time? It, it, won't, it won't hurt. You meditate on the word as much as you need to. Amen. Come out and go back in. Whatever you need to do, that's what you do. Because when you meditate on the word, it changes your thought process. And you don't believe everything and certainly don't believe all that you hear. Don't believe what you see because it ain't what you think amen don't believe what you hear only listen to the voice of god well how do i know the voice of god meditate on the word so god can change your thinking he'll change how you think amen and while he's changing how you think he changes your want to be to not want to be i used to like that i don't like it anymore because my mind has been changed I don't think about the same things I used to think. Why? Because my mind has been changed. How did it change? By the word of God. The word of God changes everything. So you have to train your senses, what you see, what you think, what you feel. You can train them to think like God thinks, to see what God sees, to hear the word, hear the word, hear what the voice of the Lord is saying. Amen. You can train. You don't have to be victim, fall victim to yourself. And that's what it really amounts to. You're your own victim. Why? Because you refuse to change how you think. You have to change your think. So don't follow your senses into unbelief. So what causes unbelief? Your senses, following your senses. A hardened heart causes unbelief too. Amen. 
when you get clarity, you begin to see truth. A hardened heart, you shut it down. I don't want to change. I don't want to hear it because I like how I think. Because your feelings are mixed up in what you think. Amen. Amen. And so a hardened heart where you got a lot of remorse or anger or bitterness and you it's a stumbling block and you refuse to do anything about it. It causes unbelief. Amen. And that's when you have to go to God and allow him to help you. Amen. A hardened heart doesn't believe in the in the miraculous. You ever been in a, a place where you God somebody keeps telling you God's gonna do something or He's gonna do a miracle, He's gonna do this. Don't don't worry, we're praying. You know God's gonna do this, and you say that voice tell you it ain't gonna happen. That's a hardened heart because you harden it against what God wants to do in your life. All you have to do is open that Bible and start reading it, and your heart and heart will be. God says, "I'll turn a heart of stone into a heart of flesh." That's what the Word says. Amen. That's a hardened heart being changed. Hallelujah. Being changed. Amen. So don't believe everything that you see. Let's go to Mark 6. I promise that's my last scripture. Mark 6, verse 35. Amen. Uh. 35. I'm hoping this is the right scripture. Mark 6. It says, When the day was now far spent, his disciples came to him and said, This is a, a deserted place, and already the hour is late. Send them away that they may go into the surrounding country and villages and buy themselves bread. And this is after, I think Jesus had just come from uh, doing miracles. I don't know which one. And it was time to eat. These people had followed him all day, the masses, and they were hungry. And so the disciples is telling Jesus, send them home so they can eat their dinner. (laughs) And Jesus said, "Uh uh-uh, you feed them. And so he says, well, what do we have? Again, no faith. They're asking Jesus, what do you have? And Jesus told them, go, in verse 38. But he said to them, how many loaves do you have? Go and see, because they're telling him, we don't have anything. And when they found out, they said, five loaves and two fish. That's all they had, to feed the masses. Now, the Bible says in some uh, um, translations, 5,000 men and women, but others said 15,000 counting the children because it said only 5,000 men and women. They didn't count the children. So actually he counted, he fed 15,000 with with three loaves and two fish. Are y'all here today? Amen. So let's see, verse 39, then he commanded them to make them all sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sectioned them off in groups, probably families and then children and, you know, that kind of thing, sectioned them off so that they sat down in ranks in hundreds and in fifties. 
And when he had taken the five loaves and two fish, he looked up to heaven, blessed and broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples to set before them. And I'm sure the disciples are saying, uh, okay, three loaves, two fish, five, 15,000 people. What's wrong with this equation? He says, and the two fish he divided among them. Well, listen, in verse 41, when it says, and when he had taken the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and blessed and broke the loaves and gave them to his disciples. When he did that, it started to multiply because he gave, he looked up to heaven which was the first and offered it to God, the first fruit. He honored God first. You know, when you give, we talked earlier about the first fruit. When you give first before you pay your bills or have or you, you know. So he offered up to God the first fruit. And when you offer God the first fruit, it multiplies. Amen. So let's see where we at. Verse 42 It says, uh, so they all ate and were filled. And they took up 12 baskets full of fragments and of fish. So they had more, exceedingly and abundantly. That's how God does things. See, when he does things, he does things right. He shows, shows up and then shows out. So 43, and they took up the 12 loaves, the, the 12 baskets, and full of fragments and of fish. Now those who had eaten the loaves were about 5,000 men or 5,000 men and women. And the, the children made, it must have been 10,000 children. But they all ate because God multiplied. He multiplies what you offer up to him first. First fruit is always blessed. And the first determines the last. When you offer the first fruits up to God, the first determines the last. Are y'all here today? Amen. So the five loaves and the two fish, that was a miracle. And the disciples saw miracles trusting in the works of God. So trusting in the works of God increases your faith. This is how unbelief is stopped. You stop unbelief by trusting in the works of God, trusting in his miracles, desiring to see more of him and less of what man can do. Amen. Hallelujah. So what causes unbelief? Trusting. Trusting in God, not trusting in your senses, not trusting in what we can do as a a people, but understanding and, and knowing our limitations. And not allowing that to scare us. You know how sometimes when you know you're limited, that puts fear in you, but it's not supposed to. Because then you need your God, amen, to make you complete. You're complete, and that's why we're complete in him. We're not complete any other way but in him. In him we live, move, and have our being. If it were not for him, we would not know what to do so the peace of god passes all understanding why because when you are depending on god and not yourself 
not depending on your flesh and your strength, your natural strength. You know that scripture that says, some trust in chariots and horses, but I trust in the living God. So when you take your confidence and your strength out of yourself and your, your capabilities and put it into God, when we go to work every day, trust God. Don't trust in your own strength. Why? You're going to fail. You're going to get in trouble before the day is over. Happens everywhere. Somebody's going to write you up for something. Because you're trying to live out of your own strength because for some reason the devil have you um, convinced that you're, in, you know, convinced of your insecurities. I'll put it like that. And so you are trying to do things in your own strength to prove something to you or to somebody else. Well, God is saying, look, every day you come in here, trust me, or you're going to mess up. See, when you know that, it's an automatic thing. But when you don't know that, you walk right into that trap again. And so we have to trust in and rely on the Almighty God. Now, why do some people operate like that? Pride hate to say it but it's pride and pride comes before the fall see when you think that you when you're trying to prove that you're smart smart enough good enough wise enough that's pride and the devil will hound you and hound you and ride your back saying you ain't good enough you ain't strong enough you ain't fast enough when you all you have to do is tell him to shut up amen and humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. That's all God is waiting on. You're not going to do this miracle. God's going to do it. Amen. God's going to do the miracle. Amen. Because God's power is strong enough. We're not. You know, see, you have to understand our frailty. Are y'all here? Understand your frailty. Yet, know who you are in Christ. Know your strength through him. Is that making sense? Know, know your frailty. In other words, know where your power begins and ends. But understand who you are in Christ Jesus. That you have power, dominion, and authority. Whether you're a bound or a base, you're content in whatever state you're in. But see, all those are godly attributes. So in other words, we're nothing without him. You can't be nothing on your, something on your own. That's when you, God said, okay, I'll, I'll give you time. Do your thing. Amen. And you got ten write-ups. But in him, your power is in him, through him, by him he strengthens the weak he gives grace to the humble as long as you're pulling from that power source which is god you're good amen but if we start trying to do it all on ourselves and you run into a, a pride problem and pride comes before the fall so that's why the bible says humble yourselves under the mighty hand of god so what causes unbelief believing in yourself thinking that you can do all things but not through christ but you you yourself are doing this you're not doing anything without god without him you can do nothing without him we are nothing amen so what causes unbelief pretty much 
everything that's not of God. <laughs> Looking towards yourself. The Bible says look to the hills from where your help comes from. Your help comes from God. It's not in yourself. Amen. It's not in numbers. Gideon found that out. It's not in numbers. You know, God saves by many or by, by few. He can do it all. He doesn't care. He can, he can save by a house full. He can save by a little bit of folk. It, it doesn't matter to him because he is God. And all he needs is a few good men, a few people who are, who are humbled under his mighty hand. And all things are possible. Amen. So don't give up on God. God is just not about to show you who he is. Amen. Don't count him out. Don't look at what you've been through. Look at where you're going. Hallelujah. Look at where you're going. Well, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> Father, Father, we thank you. May the Lord 